Hello everyone and welcome to Describe Your Kill. Before we get stuck in, I just wanted to give you all a quick introduction. My name is Craig Perry and I will be your GM, your host and maybe even your friend in the months and years to come. Thank you for checking out our actual play podcast of Paizo's Stolen Fate Adventure Path, released this year, 2023, for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. I couldn't be more excited to start this journey with you and put it out to the world. I got into this weird and wonderful game around three to four years ago by listening to the guys over at Glass Cannon Network with their iconic Giant Slayer campaign. In fact, the name of this show, Describe Your Kill, is a direct homage to Mr. Skidmar and his own incredible GMing throughout Galarian. I'd never played a single hour of D&D or any tabletop RPG, but when the world got sick and we had to stay home, I pulled together my own group of fellow nerds and we dipped our toes into Pathfinder 2E. And the rest, as they say, is history. Fast forward three years, hundreds of in-game hours, far too many. This band of misfit heroes is ready to take on a new adventure. This time so that others, you, might find some joy in what we do and the games we play. Episodes will be released every Wednesday to all normal podcast platforms. And you can find out more about us at describeyourkill.com. One final thing to note, this adventure starts at level 11, so our heroes are already quite powerful. Hit point totals are around 140, and remember you can see all character sheets on our website too, and make sure no one is cheating. Thank you for listening everyone, now sit back and enjoy the bumper first episode of Describe Your Kill, The Death of Destiny. Hello, players. Hello. 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 If you are new to joining us, welcome to our table. There are some session zeros up on our website, describeyourkill.com, and all the normal social channels. So feel free to go and check those out. My name is Craig. I will be your GM. It's going to run through and introduce you to each of our players. We are five guys, four from the UK and one German with us this evening. Guys. How are we doing, Chris? Hello. No, yes, stop. I'm... I put it in the wrong order. Sorry. I was going to say. I love it. You, Chris, the you get to talk first. The last thing I have to do. Chris's, Chris's eyes immediately were like. I know. He didn't panic. He didn't panic. I'm consummate professional. He was ready. He was ready. At least one of us is. First up, we have Mr. Matty Ryan. Hello, Matty. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, excited, ready for adventure. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Anything you want the, the listeners, the millions of listeners to know? Yes, millions of listeners. Uh, my principal profession is uh, I'm a massive nerd. And second to that, uh, I'm a writer and performance artist. And yeah, just a huge fan of TTRPGs and excited to play, really. That's all I've got to say. Brilliant. I like it. Succinct. It's a good, it bodes well. Yeah. These nice tight episodes. Next up, we have Mr. Jason Jones. Hello, Jason. Ahoy, ahoy. How are we doing? Doing good. Are you excited? No, I just didn't have anything better to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much looking forward to this. Isn't um, that the life of a nerd? Just not having really anything better to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was this was. It was either this or another twelve <laughs> runs of Slay the Spire. So yeah. Wait, you're free tonight? That amazes yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Liar! <laughs> yeah, no, I know we'd all be uh, rather playing Baldur's Gate 3, but we have put too much time into this to let it go. Jason, you want to tell us anything about yourself? I, I, I think, as I say, we, we've already covered it. Is most of my life at the moment is playing Slay the Spire and Baldur's Gate 3. I'd tell <laughs> you what I do, but I'd have to kill you, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yep, uh, Jason is the Chandler Bing. No one actually knows what he does. He has told me six times, no less, and I still don't really understand. All right, moving on to our German in the group, the the newest player to join us, uh, Mr. Kamon Popolopidus. Have I got that right? <laughs> Almost. Yeah, it's fine. Ah. Go on. What is it? It's uh, it's Giannakopoulos. I mean, pretty close. It's, it was. Close it's enough. pretty close. It's pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Kimono. I won't be saying your surname again to save all of us the embarrassment. How are you doing today, my friend? I am doing very well, thank you. Anything you would like to tell the listeners about um, yourself? I am... This better be good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 thinking of, I'm thinking of something as I go. I am... I, 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 I play Pathfinder for fun. Cool, right, moving on. We've got five. <laughs> No, it's okay, look, people don't want to reveal their things, it's fine. That's not true, I've played with you, you play Pathfinder to win. Yes, our resident min-maxer. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, finally we have Mr Chris Barr, hello Chris. Good, uh, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Joining good us from the west Where of the UK. I certainly am. Anything you would like to tell the listeners? I am a massive baseball fan. I like baseball, um, pepperoni pizza, hockey. Are you a Ninja Turtle? Uh, yeah, I mean, I did <laughs> want to be Donatello when I was uh, when I was watching it. But, Good uh, choice. Yes, and uh, I I absolutely love music as well. And not that uh, we want to go too deep, but Craig is a an old university friend of mine where we were both on the same course doing creative music technology, and he roped me in to come and play some pathfinder and now i'm addicted to that too <laughs> excellent yes matty jason Camone, and chris are our players i am your gm so let's get into it bit of housekeeping at the start we are using foundry as the virtual tabletop the amazing foundry of course we've been using this for quite some time as i'm sure a lot of our listeners will have been doing this ultimately allows us to play the game in a digital fashion. We are playing remotely due to the nature of locations. But we're going to be using the module that's been written by Sigil Services. They created the modules, but there's a huge community on people on Discord and the developers of Foundry itself and the Pathfinder system and Paizo that it's too many people to kind of thank, but it has made my life as GM much easier. We are going to be using secret roles, which are really well handled by Foundry so you'll hear me asking for secret roles the players can give me those and I can react or lie we are using hero points not too generously but we are using them and of course there is a slight elephant in the room which is the upcoming remaster of Pathfinder 2e we may start to incorporate some of the remastering names and changes and spells as things go this adventure was written before those changes, though, so assume it'll be your fairly kind of standard 2E. And the only homebrew rule is that aid DCs will be level-based rather than the, the standard rule of DC 20 for all aid checks. The uh, aid checks will be based on the character's level DC. 
All right. Gentlemen, are we ready? I think we just, we just have to go. We have to. We've got no choice. Can't turn back now. This is true. So we need some music. Oh. I'm playing Spyro right now. <laughs> <laughs> and the curtain comes up. Absalom's Grand Bazaar is the centerpiece, the heart and soul of the Coins District. Here you can find your heart's desire, whatever it might be. So long as you have the diligence and dedication to search for it, of course, and the coin, goods or services to offer in exchange. Abadar's eye is ever trained on the Grand Bazaar, they say, and so nothing is free, but prices are fair. Buy something as simple as a dashing new gown or a rune-scarred sword or something as wondrous as a new body should the one you now wear not suit your spirit. If Absalom is a dragon that never truly sleeps, the bazaar is its beating heart, pumping the grand city's silver lifeblood through its veins. The sights of the brightly coloured displays and delighted patrons, the sounds of eager voices, buying and selling, and the scents of potions, brews, and wondrous cuisine. The streets are packed with creatures from all over Galarian. Dour elves peruse the latest fashion. Drunken dwarves squabble at the various drinking holes. Elven children run and play amongst the throng of people, while pickpockets look for their next victim. This is the Grand Bazaar, and welcome, heroes. Your adventure begins today! Woo-hoo! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll put in some nice, big, big applause noises. <laughs> this is recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, somewhere in Galarian, four heroes in waiting lay sleeping and dreaming. <laughs> good foley work, Chris. That's good. Memories of your past, realities of your present, and fears and hopes for your future suddenly overwhelm you with a torrent of emotion. So many choices you've made, so many more to go. Do they even matter? Are your choices yours, or are they always what you choose? Do you have a fate that's set in stone, or do you get to decide your future? You see faces unknown flash before your eyes. Are these people the key to your fate? Or are they the harbingers of doom, ready to strike and potentially bring forth... Have I said that wrong? Harbingers? (laughs) Harbingers. Harbingers. I knew it. (laughs) I knew it when it came out. I saw Matt smile. I was like, I'd have got that wrong. Let's restart the episode. (laughs) (laughs) you see faces unknown flash before your eyes are these people the key to your fate or are they the harbingers of doom ready to strike and potentially bring forth the death of destiny as you dream you see a wooden building flanked by a flower shop and an open air meat vendor A sign above the building's door reads three moves ahead and deja vu washes over you. You've never been here, or have you? Will you? Should you? 
A blood-curdling scream shatters the building and, after a brief sense of pain and loss, the vision fades. As your senses return, you realise that clutched in your hand is something new. A single, beautifully illustrated Harrow card. You don't remember finding it, but you instinctively know it has always been yours. Though you only now hold it, your fate has been tied to it for a long time. Or has it? So, players, let's start with Matty. As per the player's guide, and you may have heard this in the session zeros, each of the PCs will start with one card from a Harrow deck. Probably need to talk a little bit about Harrow. Not going to go too far into it today, but it is important. Think of a Harrow deck as a tarot deck. It is used for divination used by fortune tellers to try and tell people whether they should prepare for the worst or for the best. There are 54 cards in a Harrow deck, each symbolizing a topic and a moral stance. And each card has one of the six basic attributes of our players, being strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. This is all detail, but... What is important, before our players didn't have this card, and now they do. So, Matty, what card do you hold? My character awakens in his bedroll and feels something distinctly in his hand. Quite a large playing card. He looks at it, and he sees a king in black robes clutching his face in agony a gold crown atop his head and he's surrounded by falling autumnal leaves and above the throne that he sits on is a glowing blue crown my card is called the empty throne do you want me to say a bit about what it does or is yeah so the players know that there is this deck of cards, a Harrow deck. There are multiple Harrow decks across Galarian, all sorts, no different to a pack of cards or a deck of tarot cards. But this particular deck, whatever it is, seems especially powerful because now that card is in your hand, it immediately bestows upon its holder, as each of these cards do, a new power. So, Matty, you want to quickly tell us what your power does? Yeah. Shall I read the description for the card? Go for it. Yeah. So the empty throne represents great loss and wisdom from those who are now gone. As long as I have the empty throne invested, it grants me a plus two item bonus to society and law checks made to recall knowledge regarding individuals who are no longer alive. Uh, such as checks to learn about Taldor's historical founder, but not to learn about its current empress. Uh, this increases to a plus three item bonus at later levels, and I can also activate it once per day to overwhelm a target I can see within 60 feet with feelings of helplessness and loss. Oh. Um, so yeah, quite a dramatic card. Very dramatic. Nice. Okay. And Matty, who are we looking at here? So the camera pans around 
uh, to reveal, and the hands holding the card are noticeably pale-skinned, but covered in recently healing burns that can't have been healing for more than a couple of years. Um, is a a youth of about 21 years old, uh, wisps of silvery white hair, exceedingly pale, with piercing silver eyes. Do you want me to say anything more about... Do you want to tell us your character's name? Yeah. So my character is called Aaron Spokepoint. He is seems to be travelling alone. He's in a bedroll just by the side of a road, taking shelter for the night, and... He is wearing simpler, tr- simple traveller's robes that seem to be etched with runes around the sleeves that give off gentle glows, indicating magical power. He seems to be quite an unassuming youth, except for the staff that he carries on his back, which is set with a glowing purple gemstone and seems to be exceedingly expensive despite his um, really poor appearance. Cool. And finally, where is Aaron? What are they doing in the world at the moment? Aaron seems to be traveling alone. He seems to be homeless from the way that we see him at the moment by the side of the road. It's early morning as he's just woken and he immediately, seeing the card in his hand, jumps to his feet and starts walking the road after packing his bedroll up at a steady pace. Fantastic. Thank you, Matty. So your card is the Empty Throne. Mm-hmm. Next up, Jason. Hello, what hello. card are you holding? I am holding the Paladin. Uh, the Paladin represents righteousness and resolute defense. As long as I have the Paladin invested, I gain the Shield Block general feat. And if I already have that feat, I get another reaction at the start of my turn that can only be used to Shield Block. More specifically, I can also envision as a reaction once a day to increase the result of a saving throw up by one degree of success should I fail or critically fail it. Very cool. And... Who are we looking at here? Who is holding this card? The hands holding this particular card are um, are somewhat older than uh, than Aaron's. Is that uh, they belong to a, uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Lupin Malice. Uh, Lupin is a half elf, and uh, he is currently sat in a, a small but uh, not. I, I certainly wouldn't say uh, is poorly furnished room in a uh, in a inn uh, on the outskirts of Absalom. As you can see in the background, there is a there is a desk covered in uh, in all sorts of scraps of paper, a few a few items here and there. What looks like a a, a piece of some long forgotten monster it sits on it sits on a table as well. But all of that has been put to one side, and Lupin is just staring at this card turning it over and over and over all right thank you jason kimon tell us about your card all right my character is currently holding the rabbit prince the rabbit prince represents the unreliability of hand-to-hand combat and how even cunning foes can lose to lucky novices as long as i have the rabbit prince invested it grants me a plus one status bonus to attack rolls that i make as a readied action 
Also, I can activate it as a reaction whenever I miss a creature with a melee weapon strike once per day to re-roll the triggering strike with a plus one status bonus. But if I hit, I have to hit a DC 15 flat, flat check or break my weapon. Ooh, risk reward for the yes. rabbit prince. There is some actually really cool art for each of these cards in the module. That's not going to help our listeners much, but uh, once we get the website updated, I'll make sure those cards are there for people to see the, the amazing art that's been done for these. And Kimon, what are we? Uh, who who are we looking at here? Holding the card is a rather scruffy-looking human. Looks like he hasn't cut his hair or shaved in not shaved in a week and hasn't cut his hair in like a few months at best. I said describe your character, Kimon, not not you. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> and um, um, he's wearing a what what looks like an old soldier's or guard's uniform slash garb. Very tattered, looks very frayed and, and kind of old. The rapier on his side looks very, very clean, very kept and very finely made. Also, from his uh, head, there is a single horn protruding from the from the right side of his forehead. His, his one gloved hand is currently holding the card while he is sitting in his sort of makeshift tent on the outskirts of some market selling his, his uh, fortune telling skills. Okay. And your character's name, sorry, Kamoon. His name is Wilhelm, Wilhelm Krongard. And finally, Chris, tell us about your card. My card has a brass dwarf uh, emblazoned on it, smoking what seems to be some sort of hooker or shisha. And he is the brass dwarf. Smoking um, a hooker. <laughs> so, so is yeah, it a that's hooker? What, that's what they call them. That's <laughs> one of them. Slang or something? Shisha, hooker. No, it's for, for <laughs> like our American, it. our American uh, viewers might uh, know about, call it that. Okay. Um, but this, uh, the brass dwarf represents invulnerability. And when I invest the brass dwarf, I gain resistance to fire equal to my level. Once an hour, I can choose acid, cold, electricity, fire, mental, poison, or sonic. You can't choose the damage type for which the brass dwarf currently gives me resistance, which mm -hmm. I don't think I've got any anyway. And I gain resistance to the damage I've chosen equal to my level. And I lose any prior resistance that I had before from the brass dwarf. But for one minute, I gain weakness equal to half your level to the damage type of the prior resistance. So, again, a bit of a risk-reward thing there going on. Uh, so you can gain resistance to something, but at the same time, right. you're going to gain um, a weakness lose. to the previous yeah. resistance that you had. Yeah. Interesting. All right, Chris. And who are we looking at here? You are looking at Malachi. Malachi Bordello. And he is currently... In his pajamas, probably sleeping, <laughs> um, but usually wears leathers, ripped jeans, sort of Doc Martin style boots. Other boots are available, and <laughs> <laughs> he's got again. He's rather unkept. 
long, scraggly, sort of blondish hair, unshaven, fairly tall, six foot nine. Um, I've put him at human, sort of really, um, ra- really thin guy. And he is currently sleeping in his pajamas, as I said, holding his kitar uh, very close to him. A kitar? In his, in his, uh, uh, in his, mother's basement (laughs) (laughs) as 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 he feels with one of his uh sort of his left hand the card slip into his uh into his hand what is his mother's name (laughs) uh karen mrs bordello mrs karen bordello Bordello. (laughs) okay karen thank you chris and uh, whereabouts is he living at the moment he is in Absalom. He is in the, I think, in the Puddles district. I've, I've put them in a in a sort of theatre. So he's, he's living in the basement of a theatre currently. Cool. In his mum's house. And for our listeners, we have had some fantastic artwork done by a guy known as King Croas. I'll link that on the site. Uh, so if you want to see what the characters look like, they are all there waiting to go. A real kind of Rick and Morty vibe to the artwork, which I think looks fantastic. And actually, before we go forward, I'm going to show you guys your tokens. You've not seen these yet, have you? So I'm going to drag these onto oh, the boundary desk point. Uh, they're just your things. So here are your tokens. Let's hope this works. There we go. Ooh. Again, not great for the listening audience, but we'll put these online. So each of you has got a custom-made token with a token border. That's so cool. I was expecting a slightly better response, but we'll we'll, we'll move on from No, they look incredible. No, I'm taking it in. I'm taking it in. (laughs) I love it. They're amazing. Promise, I'm very, I'm very happy on the inside. Yeah, this is no, the level of excitement you can expect on <laughs> the Death of Destiny. I present them with custom hand-drawn artwork, and they're not excited. That's because you, everything hang, else we do is so good. Craig, do you want us to like just cut it there, and then we'll just all together just have a big woo? I'm keeping so, all of this in. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're ungrateful okay. shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, second take. Yay! Yeah. Oh wow. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Right, take two. Some new custom artwork. Oh wow. Ooh. <laughs> That's so cool. That is uh, hang on. These are for us. They're just yes. Oh, yes. This one's Craig. just for me. Thank you. <laughs> Malachi looks pang. That wasn't necessary, Craig. <laughs> That's more like it. <laughs> so we've met our characters. We have Lupin Malice. We have Malachi Bordello. We have Wilhelm Krongard. And we have Aaron the Ashen. Time passes. No matter where in the world you were, your journeys to Absalom's Grand Bazaar are over. We begin our story on a street corner, one you distinctly remember from your vision. You recognize the flower shop and the meat vendor, and caught between smells both floral and savory, you see another shop with a sign above the door which reads, Three Moves 
ahead. The shop appears to be closed. Are you ready for the new map? Yes. Ooh, the first map of stolen fate. <laughs> oh my god! There we go. That's what I need. A bit of excitement. Oh, it sounds like everyone's got indigestion. <laughs> it does a bit. It's less cheery, isn't it? Than it is like groaning. Right I'm glad you went with indigestion because I was thinking <laughs> something very different. Right, guys, can we take a five minute break? Here? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the map. To the map. The sounds of Absalom's busy Grand Bazaar are slightly more muted in this quieter part of the market. You see a pale, youngish man on a street corner. It is night in the Grand Bazaar. There's enough ambient light in order for you to see. Our adventure starts with air on spoke point looking at the sign at the shop across the way. And he hears footsteps behind him as a tall, smartly dressed gentleman approaches. Evening. Hello. Fine weather. Well, yes, I suppose so. Excuse me, are you from, are you from here? Um, not, not exactly, no. Um, li- uh. I know the area, though. Can I help? Well, it's this this shop. I was just hoping to get into this shop. Have, have, do, you, do you know what it is? What it does? It, it doesn't seem to be open right now. Lupin has a has a little chuckle to himself. I was rather hoping you'd be able to tell me. <laughs> well, this is going to sound a bit mad, but I mean, I, I've never been here before. I've never been to Absalom in my life, and I, I saw this place. I saw it in a dream. And he's kind of looking back at you to see if you're going to give any kind of reaction to that as like, okay. Um, I think Lupin would, but would try to, would definitely try to conceal that. Do you want to, uh, GM, do you want to roll for that or? Yeah, can I try and see it in his face if he's trying to hide it? Yeah, why not? Yeah, let's, uh, let's do it. Aaron, why don't you? First roll. First roll. First roll. Well, Aaron, why don't you roll a perception check? against Lupin's will DC or deception DC no deception Uh, DC so my will DC uh, would be 31 just FYI it's saying there's no active encounter oh that's initiative sorry one second Uh, (laughs) sorry it's all changed I'm just trying I'm just trying to to start a fight here (laughs) roll for initiative (laughs) okay I'll roll my perception check that is a (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 23 a natural six start, to begin good start, good start. Good start. 23 good, strong start against your deception dc uh lupin's face is a blank sheet <laughs> yep and i think you know you you get the sense that Aaron is um very clearly young and a bit of a um fish out of water the way he's kind of looking around and the fact that he would just volunteer that information um freely it just shows his kind of naivety. He moves up to the window. As you are discussing this, Aaron trying to read Lupin, they see a scruffily dressed man in a guard's outfit approach. 
Uh, quick question: Do they see me approach first, or do see, or do I see them first? I would say that you would see them first because they are at least engaged in conversation. However, right. awkward. Having a look at them for a few seconds and deciding my approach, I'm gonna make a few loud footsteps so they notice me coming, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, towards them with expanded and and with a very friendly um, sort of demeanor and uh, and go hello how are oh. you gentlemen uh, hello uh, I, uh, hi are you are you trying to get into this shop as well I, I, do, do you know anything about it I know that you look like you had a rough couple of months would you like me to read your future uh, are you? T what, what are you talking is, about? <laughs> is, is this a mugging? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's. I, 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 you do don't. I, do really I need to call like the guards? A, is, is this? Is is? Are, are you robbing us? Are you trying to rob us? I, I warn you. I, I'm oh well no! I, trust me, you would notice. I am. Uh, I am. I'm. I'm trying to make conversation with you, as it seems like you are. You are trying to go into the same establishment as I am. Do you know what it does? I have no idea. Well, can I ask why you're trying to get into a shop if you don't know what it does? It looks curious to me. I, I, I like going to curious places. Lupin smiles. Yeah. Wouldn't we all like the answer to that question? As you're discussing this rather awkward interchange between... <laughs> people which is how i want it i think it would be awkward you've all got a card you've all turned up here as if by fate at the same time as this slightly strange man offers you your fortune and a hug to the north stumbling <laughs> through the streets oh god here comes another one <laughs> <laughs> just waited till you see his instrument past the open-air meat vendors <laughs> comes Malachi Bordello. <laughs> stuck in a rug, stuck in a rug for eternity. <laughs> stuck in a rug, stuck in a rug for eternity. <laughs> Is it too late to quit the campaign? <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> what? what? Livy just leaves the card on the floor and walks <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, what? Uh, why? What, what are you? Why are you? Why are you doing here? Well, it seems that we're all gathering get here. Me in here. Get me in it. I want to get in the shop. I want to get in the shop. Excuse me. Do you know what this shop does? I I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. No. I'm not sure. He knows what he does. Am okay. I, look, I'm, I, I, I'm coming. I'm coming clean here. I I had a dream about this place. I had a dream about this place and I've never been to this city in my life. Now You you had a dream. I I, I had a dream too. What happened? It was a weird it was a weird it, I don't know, but it was something to do with with this shop. Well, I I saw this shop and I, I woke up with with something in my hand. A card. A harrow you, card. You've got a card too. I, I got one I got one of them too. My mine's got this this dwarf on it. And what's yours a, got? Aaron pulls his out and says no, I haven't Stop. got a dwarf on mine. Mine's, mine's got a king or something on it. Uh, maybe we can play top trumps or something. 
It seems like both of you have been chosen by the hell. Do you want to have your future read to you? Do you know something about this? <laughs> I can I can give you a very clear insight into your into your future using this card. Uh, I mean, I'd love my card read, please. Yeah. It's a uh, what did you say your card was? Can can I see it? Yeah, sure. And it gives uh, shows the card to Willam. You aren't dwarven by any chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh no no i'm i'm not dwarven clearly this a is... human clearly a human <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, very think, tall I, I, for I, his age <laughs> i think my 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 great 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 auntie jean might have been this but. is very very curious then um all right let give give me a couple of a couple of minutes i've, I've got to check something <laughs> And from, <laughs> can I, can I, um, can I, um, sense motive, motive on Wilhelm and see if he actually knows, like, from his actions, it, does he actually know how to read my card? Sure, why don't you roll a perception check? <laughs> or, like, yeah, uh, recall knowledge if I, like, can get anything from him. Uh, perception. It's <laughs> a natural three. <laughs> You've never seen oh, I someone. Can't wait for you. You've never seen someone as talented at this. <laughs> you, better, and, um, you, better, you better tell me something good. I want something good from this card. Come on. From out of his uh, his backpack, he pulls a complete deck of hero cards, <gasps> and uh, as he shuffles the deck, he lays your card on the on the ground, and then he lays down four other hero cards around it, face down, and he opens them one by one and also opening there the cricket the forge are you doing an actual reading now yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love it i've not worked it out kamon's already got it the crones the crows and another brass dwarf (gasps) is it destiny and he goes oh this is this is curious indeed you seem to have a bright future ahead of you, but but not on the outside world. Have you heard of any of any of the bigger dwarven colonies in this country? <laughs> <laughs> you see the cricket. The cricket stands the cricket stands for artistic expression and and, and fame. Mm. And as it was the first card wow. that I opened, it means that it's it's the it's the clearest it's the clearest guide to your destiny. Well, I have got about a bit. I am I have been performing and and getting my name forward, and I'm supposed to be like the biggest thing going. Like that is that is that's not a coincidence. That is my destiny. It looks like you're on the good road, then. I absolutely yeah. Oh, uh, well, uh, what's your name? Wilhelm. My name is Wilhelm. My name's Malachi. Extends a hand out to shake his hand. And um, as he reaches out with his hand, you can see one of his hands, his left hand is gloved in a leather, in a white leather glove. And his right hand is open and doesn't have anything on it. And he extends his uh, non-gloved hand. Good to meet you, friend. Well, you're not from this world, are you? I am from a few countries over, if that's what you are asking. Did you say he has something 
like visible in his head. He, he like has he has one small horn protruding from his head, around like around like I don't know. I'd say seven to ten centimeters long, like snake in the Phantom Pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah a, a bit, a bit, but more. I don't know, horn shaped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, yeah, exactly. Well, Willem, seems we're on a path together. Why are you getting big? <laughs> <laughs> don't react to you're frightening me. When you've revealed your name, your token gets bigger. That's what happens. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a new voice activated module. <laughs> and. Uh, as 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 Wilhelm gives gives Malachi his uh, his brass dwarf back. Can I have that cricket one? No. You see, my deck would be incomplete without uh, it. Um, you can you can look at it if you want, but I want it back. That's okay. I, I'll, I'll I'll have I'll have a look a bit later. Okay. You see, it's it's always good to support your local fortune tellers. So if you have anything to spare for this reading, then You've... that would be great. But if not. That's fine. Well, I can get you some exposure. <laughs> Come on stage with me and be of, part of my act if you I, want. I already feel kind of exposed right now. Um, that's 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 enough exposure for me. While this exchange is happening, what's uh, Lupin uh, doing? Um, as it comes I, to an end? I think just looking on in mild horror. I don't think yeah, <laughs> this is this is like a psyop. For him, he, he's very, very, very much um, looking around to see whether him or Aaron is are, are being watched. Whether this is some kind of confidence trickster or or a scam going on, and, and they're gonna, you know, suddenly what one of them is either going to rob the other or or going to offer uh, Lupin or Aaron a, a reading at a vastly increased rate. Mm. Lupin is at least moderately convinced that these two idiots are in, in cahoots. Does Malachi, um, is, is he wary of which one of the breast dwarves is his? Oh, he would definitely know because the, yeah, the, the, uh, the ones you have are, ex- are very powerful items. And I think you would, you would immediately know that. All right. Do they have um, different like a visual back, difference? A different back. But they're 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 shinies. They're shinies. Shinies. Yeah, yeah they're shinies. shinies. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're hollow. Yeah. Yeah. They're uh, okay. Nine point two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see, just for the slightest, slightest millisecond, you can see, uh, Wilhelm sort of, s- sort of hold back the card, but then instantly just give it back to you. Okay. When the cards are out. Aaron casts Detect Magic. And when he finishes casting the spell, he says, It's just like mine. The cards the cards that you have, they're incredibly powerful. Just like mine. I've never felt magic like it. You, sir, my name is Aaron. Did you have a card as well? He's looking to Lupin. Lupin isn't entirely comfortable revealing that so i think he'll he'll pause slightly he'll he'll smile at aaron and he'll say yeah i i i i'm sure it's you'll you'll probably have worked out by now that uh, it would be unusual for three of you to be drawn here with a card and then for the fourth not to have one 
but uh, I'm I'm afraid I uh, afraid I, I didn't bring it with me. Aaron is asking out of politeness because he almost certainly detects yeah the magic emanating from your person. Whether it's the card, he's not sure, but I mean, it feels equally potent yeah. like the others. So he just he just says, "Well, it, it's good to." be acquainted with some some friendly faces at least I, th- I thought i didn't know what the dream meant i thought i should just seek out this place and see what it see what it all meant but i have to say i feel quite reassured that others have had this experience maybe together we can find out what it means lupin nods in a in a not unfriendly but definitely non-committal manner does lupin introduce himself he rather deliberately hasn't at this stage no one has asked and he's not going to volunteer it i think is probably lupin's approach he's i say he, he's definitely aaron obviously well all three of them look relatively disheveled in comparison um <laughs> we're all looking at you it's like, yeah oh, exactly yeah. Is, is <laughs> this... on the board they're all staring at lupin all the definitely tokens are dead-eyed have, staring have the air of a, of a potential mugging so he yeah he's not He's not going to give that the sword cane is definitely not leaving his hand. <laughs> and he's he's yeah, definitely not gonna volunteer anything unless it becomes necessary to do so. So our four PCs have at least made some initial introductions. They each know they possess a card. Some have been revealed, some haven't. You are now stood still in the street outside of three moves ahead can i turn to look at the shop window is uh is it able is it possible to see inside yeah this shop itself does not appear to have any windows certainly from from where you can see it is quiet in this part of town occasionally somebody kind of scurries by a woman holding a basket um, maybe uh, a, a town guard just kind of whistling and keeping an eye on things but this is a much quieter area of the bazaar of which there are few all you see is a door and the building so this is quite a um a quiet area would you say i would not many punters no the shop appears to be closed well should we uh try and get into this place because it's like you know we clearly all come here it's a bit weird that we all want to get in the shop at the same time, so might as well try and get in, innit? Lupin, why don't you have a go? You, you're a bit quiet. How do you know his name? Who, who, oh, told, you, who told you my name? <laughs> I had a vision. No, I didn't. <laughs> you, you there, you there with the, with the smart-looking... It's written on his sword cane. <laughs> yeah. <in> big letters. <laughs> I bet you have a Lupine name. <laughs> Uh, if if you want to do breaking and entering, I'm afraid you'll be doing it yourself, my man. Well, if you want a job doing, you do it yourself. And he steps up to the door and knocks on the door. An elderly woman comes oh. to the door and says, What are you doing here? Uh, I, I want, what have you got? I want to buy something. This is my home, you idiot. The shops are over there. Well, he says, <laughs> it says, three, it says three steps ahead. And that's, you know, it's what I'm trying to think about. I want you. <laughs> Oh no! No, I see. I see the the door token. It's actually on the. Oh, she points it? her <laughs> finger. She points her finger behind you, and you look behind you, and you actually see a, a big shop here on the map. Has she overheard everything? What a job doing! Do it yourself. <laughs> she didn't hear that. She didn't hear that. Leave me alone. Three moves ahead. It's over there. 
Slams the door. <laughs> but, but, um, come on then, let's go. We'll be walking uh, definitely some way behind the rest of the group in order to do his best to make it look like he's not with them. Okay. Come on, hurry up. Otherwise, I'm doing it all myself. Knocked on this door. Roll a perception check as you knock on the door. That's an eight for a 27. 27 is enough. Three moves ahead appears to be currently unlit. But with a 27 perception check, you do hear something moving around inside. Ah, I think there's something in there. Should we blow the doors off or should we just knock again? I'm up for knocking, but... And running away. Knocking and running away. That's what we're going to do. Cherry knock. Yeah, yeah. Do you really need us to tell you whether to knock on the door? Oh, he knocks on the door. (laughs) Knocks on the door again. (laughs) Second knock. Hello? Is there anyone in there? I think you've got something for me. The sounds you heard seem to have ceased. They've stopped moving. (laughs) Malachi Malachi tries to open the door. The door does not appear to be locked, but does appear to be slightly stuck. You feel that with a firm shove, you could open it. Right. Who's <laughs> who's the strong one around here? Or have we all got charisma of something amazing? I've, I've only just I've only just met you all, but I know that Wilhelm is played by Kimon, so <laughs> I'm going to assume that he's the strongest character. I do not know what you mean by this. I have no idea what this Wilhelm, name Wilhelm, just said. You've, you've got some muscles. Go on, blow the bloody doors off. Go on. <laughs> oh, thank you, but I, I... And he shoves him. <laughs> You're being nice. Shoves him into the door. We need to know what's in here. Right. Come on. It's important. Listen. The cards have got something to do with it. I'm positive. Listen, I'm not sure about this, Malachi. What? What are you not sure about? You can see the future. Yes. And I can see that if we commit a crime such as breaking and entering, we might... It's not a crime if no one finds out. There's someone in there. Ah, <laughs> but they're not answering. We need to get in there. Well, forgiveness, not permission. That's what I say. <laughs> uh, to offer a counterpoint, if, if I saw us, uh, us four knocking at the door, I'm not entirely sure I'd be keen to answer either. <laughs> but your artwork is so beautiful. Surely they want to see it. Those borders around those tokens. <laughs> so decorative. <laughs> maybe if I play a little ditty, maybe they'll come out. Listen, I'm not sure that some guy with with, with a horn on his head is, is the best first impression that we can give. Okay. <laughs> she shoves Wilhelm out of the way. Get out of the way. And starts to sing uh, a song. <laughs> <laughs> um, knocks again and goes... Penny, penny for the poor, and start singing. Um, Malachi preach, come on out now. Malachi preaches, come on, we need to get in there. And, cool. and on his on his keys, come on, on his keytar, on his keytar. If this doesn't work, I don't know what will. <laughs> the sound of the GM leaving the room fills your ears. <laughs> No, you don't hear anything, Malachi. You perform your 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 song and there is now silence coming from the room. Clearly my uh, performance check didn't go too well. 
All right, fuck this. And, uh, Wilhelm, <lacht> and <lacht> Wilhelm kicks, uh, kicks the door in and, uh, and shouts, uh, this is the Absalom Guard, we have permission to enter your house. And <lacht> <lacht> Jesus, fuck you. How is this going so wrong so quickly? <lacht> Wilhelm kicks open the door. Boom. <gasps> Do you have dark vision, Wilhelm? He has low light. Okay, it is dark inside the room. But you do hear something inside. Does anyone have dark I vision? I do. Ah, Malachi, you can see inside the room? Yep. The shop consists of a single wide room. A few shelves hold dice games and card decks. Doors reside to the west of the room with curtains. Two partially ajar to reveal gaming rooms. More importantly, chalk lines cover the floor of the room, some of them smeared beneath the body and blood of a dead Verizian woman. And more importantly than that, over the body of this woman is a creature that looks like this. Oh, God. I forgot we're level 11. (laughs) Jesus. The song hasn't worked, but Wilhelm smashing in the door certainly has got its attention for the first time on the Stolen Fate Adventure Path. Roll for initiative! (laughs) Would you like a description? Or are you going to do that a bit later? Because obviously for our podcast, they're going to need to know. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, take it away, Malachi. What, are, what, are, what does this creature look like? This creature looks to be made of some sort of bone structure, sort of skeleton. Probably say it's a sort of dragon skeleton with a, a scorpion's tail, got red eyes, and one of those mouths that like... I guess when we, we came in, it kind of screeched in all of its sort of three, four, five jaws. Just like, um, that's what I'd imagine. I think that's a pretty close interpretation. So if you're not familiar with Pathfinder, initiative is when we go into combat mode. All of the team roll their dice and depending on how high they roll, determine the turn order. And it will be... Can I roll deception as I introduce myself as a guard? Sure. Nice. Sure. So if a player uses a <laughs> different skill, bony looking they thing. can uh, use it. Usually it's perception to roll initiative. Oh, a natural Ooh. 19 for Kamone. Okay, so we're going to go into combat. It is round one. The first turn with the highest initiative is Wilhelm. All right. So Wilhelm's struggling to see inside the room because he only has low light vision and it is dark in this room. But what Foundry does is there is clearly a creature. You should be able to see that, Kimon, the yeah. outline of it. Yeah. Uh, this is like a senses thing, so you can still hear the creature, but you obviously cannot clearly see the creature. All right. So what Wilhelm does is he's gonna see seeing the creature and seeing the the rather vulnerable state of Aaron's and Malachi's stature. He's gonna <laughs> run in there in the front and uh, while running he's gonna pull out his rapier. Cool. 
So he, now he's standing in the dark in front of something that he doesn't really recognize as anything other than a shape. And for his last action, he's gonna try to strike at the thing. Okay, so he draws his rapier, runs into the room and swings wildly. Yes. Stands on the dead woman's body. Which he doesn't see, to be fair. <laughs> you just hear this squelchy noise on your feet. With a 31. That is a hit. But you're going to have to roll DC 11 flat check, I think, because the creature would be hidden to you still. Even with low light? Is, is it not dark uh, concealed then? Or? Pretty ah, sure okay. if it's dark, it's uh, hidden to you, yeah. All right, then. So that's a... Uh, 11. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Hit. Roll nice. damage. All right. Wow. <laughs> one, two, one on the dice. Yeah, that's almost the lowest it can go. Okay, that's a total of 10 damage. Okay. And you swing down with your rapier and you do hear it connect with some kind of bone. Very hard. Um resistance to your weapon as you strike down you are in the room Wilhelm Brave has dived in next up is Lupin Lupin obviously can't actually see what's happening he's stood a little bit further back around the corner but here's the commotion and uh, is going to uh, run around the corner into the room realising that uh, he can't see anything he is going to draw what looks like a card from uh, from one of his pockets. Ooh. And it is a uh, cantrip card. Okay. Uh, what these are, are they are cards that apparently even non-spellcasters can use to cast certain cantrips. I did not know these existed until I started looking for items. Oh, mm. very cool. This particular cantrip deck allows him to cast light. So he's going to use that. Hopefully that will just take one of the mechanics. Where do you does. cast it? He will cast it... If if there is a just a random piece, of, an item or a piece of sort of sure. rubbish in the middle of the room somewhere, just so that the room is, is lit up, basically. Okay. Does that help? That works for me. I, I assume the others can also see yeah. that. So you can now see clearly into this room as the light spell illuminates this rather chaotic scene. You see the dead woman in a pool of blood on the floor. You see these chalk markings clearly drawn there with her on them. Wilhelm has run in and attacked this awful-looking creature. Um, and then four. So that was move, draw, and cast. So that was actually my turn. Okay, thank you, Lupin. It is my creature's turn. Wilhelm has run in. Sacrificial lamb. As this creature doesn't immediately attack. But as you come into him, Wilhelm, you feel it in your mind begins speaking to you. And it asks you, Tell me where the card is. Do you respond? Venom says, I have no idea what you mean. Okay, so you choose not to say anything. Well, other than that. Yeah. 
And in your mind again, you hear, Fool, then I will kill you anyway. And it strikes out with its jaws to bite you with a natural 16. Does a 37 yeah, hit? Yeah, that hits. Okay, here comes your damage. That's 23 points of damage, piercing and evil. That's its second action. And then it will attempt to claw you. Uh, 25 to hit? Nope. Nope. Okay. And as the creature ends its turn, you feel this presence that was in your mind, this telepathic energy squeeze on your mind, and you're going to take an additional 2d6 mental damage. That's six points of mental damage. As you resisted the creature's questions, but it still hurts you. Seeing out the round is Mount. Did we skip Aaron? Mm. Looks like it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, okay, why don't you go now, Aaron? Yeah, sorry, I don't. I'll, I'll hold my turn anyway. So back to so I'd be at this position in the round anyway. So you can move me after Malachi. After Malachi. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So let's go. Let's go to Malachi then. Uh, Ma- Malachi bursts into song, giving everybody a little bit of inspire, inspiring courage in all of them. Ooh, I mean, this could be the first class reveal. I don't think we talked about class. He didn't. He's going to sing. Um, Run to the monster. <laughs> We're going <laughs> to win. So he's more of a melody man than a lyric. He's, he's the Elton John of not the Bernie Torpin. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jason takes 2d6 mental damage. <laughs> so Malachi casts Inspire Courage. So Malachi begins sinning. Uh, that's just one action. That is one action. Last one round. You wouldn't have seen it, but his eyes turned black when he was looking at the monster when it was dark. But they wouldn't have noticed that because we were all there. But then he casts. You see him sort of get a little bit angry after it, seeing seeing the creature, and casts telekinetic rend. Okay, tell us about telekinetic rend. It's a new spell, I think. I've not seen this one before. So two non-overlapping five-foot bursts in a range of sixty feet, and seeing this creature, it creates a violent axis of motion in a nearby space. And I can deal damage either bludgeoning or slashing to all of those creatures in that area with a basic fortitude save. Okay, do you want to put the bursts onto the map? Certainly can, and I will choose bludgeoning. Uh, And we'll have one sort of here and one there catching the creature. Because I imagine he's large, isn't he? Twice. He is a large creature, yeah. Uh, first combat is against a large creature. So can I have a fortitude save from the creature, please? Here we go. That's good. 32. That's pass. So take yes. half of this. Five points half of, of bludge. Okay. Doesn't seem to have much effect on the creature at all. Do they stay there, those things, or is it done now? Uh, I will get back to you on that. Okay. And seeing out round one, 
is Aaron spoke point. Aaron is currently outside the door, so has very little idea what is going on inside. Hearing the commotion, he gently pushes past the gentleman in the suit, whose name he does not know yet, and gets to the door, sees the creature. What the hell is that? And um, thinking on his feet, he says, I-, I-, I can try and slow it down. And he starts to cast slow. I hate this spell so <laughs> much. All the fortitude save. Come on, creature. Oh, no. That is a fail. You are going to be slowed for one minute. Lovely. And that is my turn. Aaron steps in, slows the creature down. Can I just ask a question to slow stack? Uh, uh, I think it's like the other conditions where... If you'd have to get slowed, yeah, you'd have to get slowed three. Okay. So slowed one on the creature means that he will only get two actions per turn. First round done. Round two begins. Aaron, what you fail to notice as you step into the room, as you both did, in fact, Wilhelm and Aaron, who are only two inside, is that cowering or hiding in the corner to the south is another creature and this creature looks like this oh ooh matty would you like to describe mm. this little fellow yeah it's kind of a got a ram's head with wings but on the body of like i don't even know what you'd describe that like a kind of be i don't know like a crustacean's humanoid looking body it's really unusual <laughs> and glowing yes. green eyes and he looks like he's been like we've walked in on him having a shower <laughs> he's, he's like oh <laughs> it's a bit surprised looking isn't he this creature that had been hiding um out whilst you were fanning about outside he is going to step forwards towards you and he is going to attempt to ram you with his horns okay 37 to hit yep that is a hit you take 33 points of damage that's bludgeoning and evil damage and then with its final action is going to attempt to claw you with a 30 to hit that's hit okay here comes your damage Oh, that's really good. 23 points of damage. And I am going to need you to roll me a fortitude save, please. That is a three. That is 22. Okay. That is a critical fail. Okay. Wilhelm. Okay. Seeing the goat-like red and winged creature behind him it seems like he almost doesn't bother with the big creature over here anymore and he raises his rapier in sort of a defensive position giving himself a plus two to ac with his dueling parry dueling parry okay revealing the feet slowly and as his second action he's gonna stride next to aaron and then attempt to make a snagging strike against this creature with his which is just a normal strike but if he hits the creature is flat-footed until the beginning of Wilhelm's next turn 
Okay, cool. So he's gonna do that with a roll to hit this ram-headed creature. A thirty-five. Thirty-five is a hit. Oh, that's a good damage Ooh, that's there. A, that's a, that's twenty-five damage total. Five damage total, and that does seem to hurt the creature. Is that your turn? Yeah, that's turn. Lupin, you are still just outside the door. Yes. So uh, Lupin is going to is uh, going to step in uh, and is going to move around behind this creature, whatever it is. Okay. So this is the one nearest the door. This new creature that's popped up. Yes, right. Yes, the uh, the horned flying goat boy. It is uh, flat-footed to everyone now. Okay. Or off guard. Off guard. Yeah. Off guard. Off guard. Off guard. Off guard. Um, And then Lupin will reach around his neck and grab hold of an amulet. I thought you meant the creature's was... neck. What's he up to? Yeah, no, no. Choke slam! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Lupin is, is a wrestler archetype. Um, so, yeah, no, Lupin will, will reach around his own neck and grab an amulet that is affixed there and uh, pull it away. So it is it's holding in his hand. And he's going to, uh, to examine the creature very, very closely while holding up the amulet. Okay. Uh, mechanically, that means Lupin is going to be using Exploit Vulnerability, which will probably give away what class Lupin Yes, what is. class are you playing Lupin? Uh, Lupin is a Thaumaturge. Thaumaturge. First time we've had one of these. I've been desperately reading the book, trying to get it right in my head, and I don't have a clue. So you are doing the exploit vulnerability action, which is almost like a recall knowledge, right? Which you can apply on anything. Yes. So mechanically, and I I hate to read from the book, but with this one, it is a bit tricky. So I think it's probably best to recall an important fact about the creature, learning its highest weakness, brackets, or one of its highest weaknesses, if it has multiple of the same value, but not its other weaknesses, resistances, or immunities. Basically, is that's because I've rolled a success on my uh, esoteric law check, which is a particular type of law specific to thaumaturges. Okay, and what do you get for getting a success on that check? So, as I say, yeah, I, I learn an important fact about the creature, learning its highest weakness, or one of them, if it has multiple with the same, but I don't learn any others. So if it had, say, for example, a weakness of 15 to piercing and a weakness of 10 to slashing, I would only learn about the weakness of 15 to piercing. Okay. So now I I can essentially choose uh, choose one of three things. I can either choose to exploit its highest weakness, which is good 10, so it has a weakness of 10 to good damage, or I can use what's known as a personal antithesis, which is basically Lupin would recall something that is specific to this one creature, which would, you know, is maybe it's a it's a piece of horn or it's a goat you know it's a, a large piece of lamb steak or something that would uh, that would upset it and cause it to uh, take additional damage from me so just so i'm clear and for the players as well mm-hmm. you've learned because you've rolled a success i don't actually see what you've learned on my screen and they don't either so that's mm-hmm. popped up to, for you to say that this creature because you've passed is mm-hmm. weakness is good 10 is that right yes that's correct 
Okay, and if you didn't want to use that, you can use the personal antithesis, which would give a more generic bonus to this specific creature. Yes, that, that's right. And there is also a third option I have, but I'm not going to use that right now, and so okay. I will skip over that and keep it simple until I do use so it. So as you grasp your amulet and do this, what do you say to the players when you learn this and you're, you're focusing? He, he simply shouts out, it's, it's weak to good damage! It's weak to good! Good ten if you want to be specific! <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, On a scale of one to ten, how weak is it to good damage? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would definitely say around around 10. <laughs> so Lupin um, learns the creature's weakness of good 10, tells his players, and then what yep. does he do? Uh, well, that, I'm presuming, is my turn, because it would be move, draw, and exploit. Okay. Thank you, Lupin. It is the bony creature's turn. He is then going to home in on you, Lupin, and again, you feel this telepathic presence within your mind saying, tell me what you know of the Harrow cards. Tell me now, and I might let you live. Lupin ignores it. Lupin ignores it. So this large creature gives a little flap of its wings and floats over to where the players are gathered around this ram-headed monster and it's going to whip out oh. with Is its... that its third action? Because it's slowed. Oh! <laughs> oh! This is why I hate slowed. I should have banned the slow <laughs> spell. Nope, that is its turn. Good turn, creature. Next. Seething. Absolutely <laughs> seething with rage. First combat, GM's already furious. Malachi. Uh, Malachi. You are currently outside oh, yeah. the shop still. Yep. I think I, Malachi, would sustain. Inspire courage will have ended, but yeah. Yep. He'll sustain, inspire courage. Uh, and we'll again push past Aaron and move 25 feet into the shop. You also see these chalk drawings on the floor and the body now. Yes, I can. He will also ask Dirge of Doom as he screams in his best metal voice. Okay, and what is Dirge of Doom? Foes within my area in the area are frightened. I think you can only have one composition cantrip online at once, so you would have to decide on that. Okay, yeah, fine. Thank you, Kimone. Like Kimone. Well done. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> man. Mate. That's, what I, that's what I pay him for. Yeah, no. No, we'll keep Inspire Courage up. And I really haven't got much for my last action. How's Will? How, uh, seen better days. To keep, to keep Aaron, I'm seeing Aaron take a, a hit or so. He will quicken a soothe action so instead of going hardcore metal he will sort of start singing a little lullaby and cast soothe at first level as a quick and soothe spell okay give you 11 points of damage uh healing sorry. damage healing damage, oh healing. jesus christ <laughs> and you kill everyone who is this liability <laughs> he comes in here singing his songs and damaging the party <laughs> All right, thank so you. Let me heal you in the area of the demon or whatever it is. 
Yeah, I think the singing <laughs> might have to start. I'm not sure. We need to, you need to practice those for the guy. I like it. <laughs> Get them in the bank. Right, so Aaron is healed for 11 damage. Okay. Thank you, Chris. Um, Jason, I forgot to say that Lupin would take the six points of mental damage for refusing yep. to answer the question. Sure, no worries. That does bring us to the freshly healed Aaron. So having just been gored by this rams-headed creature, Aaron panics, grabs hold of the creature's shoulders, and sparks start emanating from his fingertips as he casts Shocking Grasp. And I have to roll an attack roll for this, so I'll target you. Yes. Matty, what did you roll? I rolled a natural one. Natural one! Our first of the game. (laughs) You were going to say many, weren't you, Craig? Yeah, I was thinking about it. We're not going to uh, be playing any real penalties for that at the moment, at least. But it's a natural one, so it's a critical miss. Okay, and then I'm going to move up to the north. Thank you, Aaron. Okay, it is my creature's turn. Make sure you put Inspire this Courage is... back onto you all. Thank you. All right, it's my creature's turn, not the slowed one, luckily. The nasty one who can see Wilhelm in front of him, and he also goes to gore you with his horns. Does <laughs> a 28 hit? Uh, no, not at all. No. All right. We can see your rolls, by the way, Craig. Do you know that? Um, so you can see the bonuses and stuff? No, we can no, just see your dice roll. You can see total. the dice you roll, so as obviously we could work out the bonuses. Oh, that's, yeah, okay. All right, we might change that. I don't mind seeing the dice. Uh, but yeah, maybe we'll fix that for metagaming purposes. Okay. He's going to cast a spell. He's going to cast he does, a spell. As he begins... What? I don't know what he does. Um, he starts his flapping his wings. Hands. Yeah, something like that. Wiggling his uh, horns. Wilhelm, Wilhelm sees the opportunity and uh, makes an attack out uh, of this opportunity. No! Um, attack of opportunity is this? Yes, yes. So this is and, Wilhelm's uh, reaction. It's quite a common one at higher levels. Allows him to strike for free at his highest attack penalty uh, because the creature is using an interact or a manipulate action. Make your roll, Kimon. That is going to be a 42 that is a critical hit. Which cancels the action. Can I ask, if he is my creature still flat-footed at the start of his turn? It's flat-footed until the start of my turn. Shit. Okay, that's a critical hit. Roll damage. The spell is lost. That's going to be a total of 39 damage. And while striking at the creature uh, and disrupting the spell action, Wilhelm is going to go... Not one word, you wretched fiend! Okay. That, unfortunately, is the end of my creature's turn. Not a good round for me. Wilhelm, you've successfully killed off the um, the spell that this creature was about to cast. Which you're definitely not annoyed about. <laughs> nope, I'm staying calm. <laughs> staying calm. I've been slowed and I've had a crit fail on my spell. All right, um, it's no longer flat-footed. Okay. Is, oh no, it is because I critted with my uh, with my sword weapon specialization. Oh okay, right, yeah. So that's that's fun, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Wilhelm is now 
that uh, Lupin told us its weakness, Wilhelm seems visibly very, very furious um, at this at this creature, and he's going all out with with, uh, with his attacks. And his first action is going to be a snagging strike again against the uh, the, the the horny devil. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. So that's going to be a. Ooh, nice. A 41. That is a critical hit. Oh, Fuck this guy in particular. <laughs> okay. He's <laughs> getting ruined. That's, that's going to be 44 damage. Oh, God. All right. Yeah, that all seems to go through. And with his second action, he's going to strike at it again. He's all out angry. And he's going <laughs> to... His multiple attack penalty of five. He's going to strike at it with a natural one. Yes. Uh, and with his third action, he's going to once again uh, raise his rapier into a defensive position and end his turn. Very good. Lupin, you're up. Yes. Uh, suppose it's about time I got involved. Mm-hmm. And Lupin, with a, he, he's been holding this cane for the entire time he's been there, just sort the of one with his name on, on it. it and, um, yeah, just just sort of gem- generally messing <laughs> about with it. Um, and he just suddenly flicks his wrist, and the sheath on this sword cane falls away. Ooh. He takes a swing at the uh, at the creature. Okay. Uh, so this one, sorry, I had the wrong one targeted. Uh, so. That is a... That'll be a natural one. Yes! I think you've all rolled one on your turn so far, this this round. This is horrendous. Um, oh, dear. Okay. So, uh, and then, uh, assuming it was one action to unsheathe, one action to strike, mm-hmm. um, with his final action, uh, Lupin reaches into his pocket and uh, tosses a, uh, a small ring to uh, to Wilhelm. Here, this may help. And he has used share weakness. Ooh. So essentially, assuming I have done this correctly, Wilhelm now has the same ability that Lupin has to exploit the uh, this goat boy's damage uh, weakness to good. So uh, as I, as I now have the uh, as a thaumaturge, Lupin can target a creature's vulnerabilities Wilhelm now has that same ability so does that mean his weapon would do good damage effectively yes so it's it will it it will exploit that weakness yeah and it doesn't change the properties of the weapon or anything doesn't change the properties or anything like that it literally just goes yep take take this additional damage as if you were doing good damage cool I like it is it a flavor flavor ring does Wilhelm have to uh, roll it, a catch? Flavoring. <laughs> uh, yes, it is. Yeah, it's, it's not an actual item. It's just... Is that the flavor text says you select an object from your esoterica that has great personal value to you, such as a locket or treasured ring granted to an ally. Cool. And that is turn. Nice. It's bone. Um, the bony creature's turn. Bony M. <laughs> he is uh, annoyed that he's slowed, so he's not going to make the same mistake again by trying to question you as you've twice refused him he lashes out with his tail that comes whipping up behind him these two sharp 
barbs of bone that come whipping out towards Lupin. And that is a natural 20! <laughs> Fucking super. Where's the cheers? <laughs> so that'll be, hang on, uh... let, me just, let me just check this. Player team rolled three natural ones already. Ah, uh, yeah, something suspect. GM yeah. <laughs> rolls a natural 20. Welcome to the adventure yes. path. Oh, this is going to hurt. I would like to see your um, foundry modules, please. <laughs> Lupin will uh, use his amulet abeyance to gain some resistance to this. Okay, here comes the damage, first of all. Oh, 42 Ouch. points of damage, piercing uh, and evil. Yep, so is, as the tail whips around, uh, Lupin also whips around and uh, flashes the amulet at this creature. And the amulet sort of almost puts up a, a small shield and turns away some of the harm uh, so is I gain resistance to all damage against the triggering damage equal to 2 plus my level. So that will be, I gain th- resistance 13 to that. So instead of 42, it will do 29. Cool. Good to know. I am going to need a fortitude save as well, please, uh, yep. Lupin. One second. Uh, that is an 11 for a total of 30. That is a pass. You managed to shake off whatever was coming into your body and then as its second action seeing malachi to the north whips round and attempts a claw that is a hit uh, sorry that would be oh. a no i sorry. rolled max tap so that would be minus four no, so a a, yeah twi- that would be a miss okay that is Ooh, its turn get out of the way. and speaking of malachi <laughs> malachi Ducking out of the way of the uh, of the tail, using his quick cool. whip claw, sorry, starts to like play really loudly and casts thundering dominance, and <laughs> shouts really loud, starts singing really loudly at the top of his voice, his favourite song, um, and then takes the thundering raw action. And I will need a will save as I shout really loudly at the bone creature. Okay, so thundering roar. So the spell is thundering dominance. Yes. Level two spell. And thundering roar is a powerful vocalization. Each enemy in a 10 for emanation. Yeah. What are you doing here? What what are you doing here? Okay. Why are we here? (laughs) So 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 will save is. Yeah. Is that a will save? Will save, please. Uh, Where the hell is this will? Oh, there it is. That is a fail. Oh, no. You're going to take 48 sonic damage. Ooh. 15 points of sonic damage. And if you failed, he is frightened of me. No, hang on. I think we just need... Yeah, so I can do that, but I, you've got, you cast the spell on yourself. Yes. Right? Yeah, and then I okay. take the action. Then you thundering take the action, roar. so it's a full turn. It, it's Thundering Dominance. I think that's... You use that on a Eidolon, don't you? Oh, your companion. Yeah, no, yeah. That. My bad. Yeah, it's on an Eidolon. Eidolon? Yeah, it says down the bottom. Targets your companion or Eidolon. I'll have to change that up. That's annoying. Oh, damn. Okay. Didn't see that. No, I'll have to change that one up did not read that it says at the bottom Craig targets your companion yeah yeah 
I'm not. I'm not. Does that mean like an animal companion? Yeah. Does it? Uh, yeah. It's a, it's a oh, okay. Right. Scratch all yeah, that. Oh. That was so good. Oh. I'll change Oops. that up. Always read the last line of the spell. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. I've got this instead. I will try this. Fighting words. You entwine your magic with your voice, causing your taunts and jibes to physically harm your en enemies. You can attack with your words once. Once I've finished casting the spell, I can repeat attack once for each subsequent turns by taking a single action, which has the attack, concentrate, and linguistic traits. Okay. So, so it's it allows you to keep roll. making attacks. Yeah. All right. So make your attack roll against the bone creature. So it won't do as much damage. 32. That is a hit. Six points sonic. Yep. Okay. So what's that? So I cast it and then I use an action. Do I to... No, no, no. That's just uh, it's two actions to use that spell for the first time. And then in subsequent terms, you can take one action. Oh, okay. Fine. So you have one action left. Uh, heal sustain, inspire courage. Okay, another inspired courage from Malachi. Aaron cowering in the corner. Aaron faces this giant bony-looking creature and says, Misfortune befall you, an ill omen hangs over your head and casts ill omen. Ooh. Roll a will save. Will save. Here we go. A 32, 32 is... Oh, a pass. Yeah, so... He's unaffected. Oh! Unaffected. It's level uh, one spell, and, so... Yeah, and then for my single action, I will cast Guidance on Wilhelm to give him a little boost. Very cool. Okay, it's Horny Devil's turn. It's round four. He is going to cast another spell or attempt to... Right, Wilhelm, Wilhelm, are you going to take your Attack of Opportunity again? If he's trying to cast a spell, he yeah, is. He's going to try. I'll be really sad if this one fails. <laughs> <laughs> really happy if it does. It's going to be... Ooh, another net one. Natural Fuck one, this. baby. Fuck this. Cheat, cheat, cheat. You guys are running chilly tonight. Okay, so that is a fail. That means the spell is going to work. I'm going to need that fortitude save, please. Um, I'm gonna something. I'm gonna print something to chat real quick. Okay. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> Three ones. fortitude save. You said yes, please. All right. That's. Oh, I'm gonna spend my guidance on that. Wait, can I even? To one attack roll, perception check, or saving throw. Yeah, I'm gonna spend my guidance on that. Okay. That's uh, twenty-eight. Twenty-eight is a fail. Uh. You are slowed one. He has cast the Flesh to Stone spell, and you must attempt a fortitude save at the end of each of your turns. This ongoing save has the incapacitation trait, which is fine because it's a level six spell. A successful save will reduce the slow condition, but a fail save will increase it. It's been nice, boys. I'll, I'll get to making my next character real soon. <laughs> and with its final action, it's going to try to claw Lupin plus four to this uh, 38 to hit uh, yes that's a hit okay here comes the damage from the, the claw 22 points of damage yep and a uh, fort save from you please uh, yep uh, that is a 30 that is a fail as well super 
Okay, you feel all right though. Wilhelm, it is your turn. Yeah. So the creature is no longer flat-footed by me. Okay. Wilhelm still in a f sort of fit of rage is gonna uh, attempt another attack against the horny, horny man. <laughs> that is gonna be... I saw the one already. Uh, that's gonna be a 38. That is a hit. Okay. For a total of... 20 points of damage. And is that also wind? plus uh, Jason? Plus, plus the 10 weakness. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, that's, so has that gone in? Yeah. It hasn't. Uh, it hasn't no. no, so it hasn't done it automatically. So it needs Hang on, to let take. me see if it will for me, though. No, it hasn't. So I need to take 10 off it. Okay, yeah. cool. Creature's looking rough. And... Um, Sort of completely ignoring his own defenses, he's gonna lash out at it again. Okay. With a 27 against flat footed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. No, 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 no. That's not gonna do it. And that is the end of your turn, Wilhelm, because you're slowed. I'm gonna need yes. another fortitude save, please. Watch me, Ned, won this. Come on. Whose side are you on, man? <laughs> Does Inspire Courage give me a bonus to my saving throws? Should do. No, it's just against fear effects. Oh, fear effects. Oh, okay. Right. This is not a fear effect. Ooh, ooh, 31. That is a fail. What? DC 32. What do you mean that's a fail? DC 32. Yes. You are now slowed to Wilhelm. Oh, this combat's got interesting. Lupin. Uh, the creature yep. in front of you is looking quite damaged. Yep. So uh, Lupin is going to uh, bring that sword cane swinging round again at it, uh, figuring it can't possibly go any worse than it did last time. And... Uh, it rolls <laughs> another natural one. Technically, it's not gone any worse. Technically, it hasn't gone any worse. Another but that is now two attacks one. I've made and two natural ones. Oh, it's great radio and the PCs keep missing, isn't it? <laughs> no. Fuck the radio. Um, oh, no. Okay. So this is getting... <sighs> things uh, flat-footed, but I Remember don't think Remember, you do all have helps, a hero right? point. Yeah. I, uh, it's very early to spend it, though. <laughs> I'm going to spend it. I, I'm going to spend that hero point. I need to... We need to get some... I've, got all this this wonderful damage I get on a hit and I literally can't stop rolling ones so re-roll using a hero point oh ah. natural 18 is much better that is a 40 to hit 40 is a hit just a hit annoying mm, he's no longer flat footed no he, he uh, is he is I hit him last turn with my snagging strike last turn Isn't during my last turn so the one that's just gone like two seconds ago. Oh, I see that. So it's flat-footed every time you hit, is it? He's flat-footed every time I hit okay. during my own turn. Let me yeah. just work out his AC then quickly. Oh, is it just during your turn or is it... He wasn't. Uh, so snagging strike is an action. Um, so it's separate from a normal strike. Ah. It's like a normal strike with with benefits, but I can't use my attack of opportunity to, to make it. Ah, right. Okay, yeah. Uh, that is still just a hit, I'm afraid, Lupin. Ah. You were close. Annoying. Okay. Uh, 
so that is 17 points of damage mm. uh, plus the 10 points from weakness so 27 total okay yep he's looking really rough okay so i've still got two Near actions death. so he's yeah I, I will see it's not looking in a good way i think and uh, lupin will uh, will draw back the sword cane for a big big old stab cool come on Yes! A natural 20! As great as that is, that's annoying that I've wasted a critical hit on a creature that would have fallen (laughs) over in a strong breeze, but there we go. I will take it after back-to-back natty ones. Oh, good dice as well. Yeah, that's decent. So that is 42 points of damage, and then I presume it takes... If, if you're exploiting weakness, a weakness, double weakness, yeah. Does it take double weakness Does as it? well? So that would be sixty-two points of damage total. Either way, the creature is dead by Lupin's sword cane as it slices down, and the creature crumbles. <clears throat> Lovely. So yeah, he uh, impales the creature, then uh, gives it a little kick to get it off the off the cane on which it's skewered. I'm going to give you back that hero point, Lupin, for using it, which was heroic in itself. Yeah. Wonderful. And then Nat 20 to finish him off is always cool. Lovely. And then for third and final action, Lupin will clutch the amulet and... uh, Oh, no, sorry. No, I need to do something else first. Uh, Lupin will turn his attention to the... uh, to Boney M (laughs) and uh, will look to uh, exploit his vulnerabilities. So he'll look and he'll start... uh, you know, start racking his brains and going through pockets and trying to find something specific to this creature. Okay, and fails on the check. Fails, so I can only exploit the creature's personal antithesis, which I shall do. Thank you, Lupin. It is the Bone Devil's turn. You see the creature flash out of existence and then reappear over in the corner by Aeron and attempts to strike out with its jaws. Oh, gross. With a 38 Ooh, a critical, to hit. Yeah, critical hit. Oh, I'm rolling absolute rocks. Here comes the damage. 50 points of damage. Oh. That is its to- Oh, no. No, he can't. Ha, he couldn't. He can't because he's slow. Got it. Got it. So what, that strike it didn't happen? Or? No. Strike didn't, didn't happen. No. Okay. Okay, Malachi. In a similar set. set uh, oh, Actually, no, I'll take my first attack as my sonic damage fighting words is that right yeah it's one minute so he will start uh, shouting at the creature again in his dirgest voice and make a biting words attack cool <sighs> which will probably miss 29 uh, that's a hit oh okay another, another six, six points. points of sonic damage yep. chipping damage. very slowly chip away. away chip away it's one action one action and then I'll do that again and then inspire courage. That's my final action. 
Thank you, Malachi. Aaron, this creature has magically appeared right next to you. Yes, and quite thematically, the creature appeared in front of me and saw it bite into my flesh, de- delivering a critical hit, but it didn't happen for some reason. <gasps> and he sees Aaron flickering in and out of existence. Wilhelm, you see Aaron appear next to you. All of you looking around the store, oh. you see flashes of different things happening in the store, maybe customers coming in and out at a different point in the day, just like visions or ghosts of a past or of distant future. And Aaron grabs onto your wrist, Wilhelm, and you see him kind of holding you but not actually there flickering in and out as he rewrites your possibility and casts one of his bloodline spells because he is a sorcerer Um, and this is my greater bloodline spell called rewrite possibility and Wilhelm you start glimpsing into your future and I'm nudging fate to guide you towards the best possible outcome for one minute you gain a reaction called rewrite possibility where if you fail a check you're allowed to re-roll it with a plus two status <gasps> bonus and use the higher result wow that's Thank very cool <laughs> and uh aaron <laughs> continues to flicker in and out he gains the concealed condition f- until his the end of his next turn or to the until the start of his next turn very cool turn from Aaron. those saves could be helpful because you notice as it is wilhelm's turn at the top of round five you see his body is slowly turning to rusty iron. Wilhelm, you have a single action. Yes, and um, <laughs> with that action, Wilhelm is going to um, going to stride over here, and uh, that's going to be his turn. Go ahead and roll me that fortitude save, please. <sighs> Jesus, fuck. Okay. Big one. Yeah, no shit. Okay. <laughs> 29 that's, is a fail. It's no, going to be a fail. So I'm going to rewrite my own possibility. And gets a plus two to this check. Is that right, Matty? Plus two. Yep. And you can take the higher result. Okay. Here we go. Come on. Yeah. Yeah! Oh, 39 total, is that? 37 total. I put the plus two on. Oh, you did well done. So and you are now I, slowed one. When I get a success, it's counted as a critical success instead. So I'm now slowed zero. Oh, uh, okay. And you managed to shake off the effects <sighs> of the flesh to sown spell. And seeing himself become a statue, he, he feels his skin... Turn to stone and... Turn to iron, last, actually, this one. It's flesh to, to iron. iron. Yeah, it's a variant. With the last bit of willpower granted to him by seeing Aaron's visions, he's going to shake his own uncertainty off and resist the energy and breaks the iron around him, standing free. Love it. Lupin, you're up. You've managed to take out the nasty creature. There is still a rather bony, large creature in the north of this game's room. Yeah, so uh, Lupin drops his uh, his sword cane to the floor and reaches into the inside of his pocket and draws a pistol. Oh. Um, <laughs> pistol? Yep, draws a dueling pistol and... The uh, devil says, what the fuck is that? 
<laughs> You'll see. And uh, as it, as he's ready to fire, he uh, he loads a brass shell casing into it, and you can see uh, this energized cartridge, which is a talisman, which annoyingly it won't let me drop into chat so everyone can see it. Is uh, is glowing with what appears to be uh, what appears to be electricity. Oh, okay. So yeah, Lupin uh, loads this energized cartridge into the pistol, takes aim, and fires a shot at the uh, fires a shot at the demon or whatever it is. Okay. Roll to hit. Ugh, uh, that is a natural nine for twenty nine. Is a hit. Lovely. Yeah, that hits. Ooh. So the creature takes 20 points of damage. Electricity uh, and sonic. Yes, that all seems to go through. Lovely <laughs> stuff. Yeah, okay, that's fine. That's fine, because the the persistent doesn't take effect until a critical hit. So drop, draw... Drop the energized action is an envision, so it's a free action. So I've still got another. So I'll take another shot. Uh, this will just be a standard one, I think. No, no, it seems to be. Just roll there. Mm. We can sort it afterwards. It's fine. Oh no, an item with this trace, uh, item with this trait, can only be used once after it's destroyed. So that's fine. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll check that one. We we might need to check that in future. Okay. But for now, I will take it off just for the sake of fairness. Uh, that's a natural 18 for 38. Critical hit. Oh, lovely, because crits are nasty with dueling pistols. <laughs> um. Big. Oh. Uh, that is 50 points of damage. Loop in as you draw this mystical weapon and hit once and then follow up. You've got your eye in and take a critical hit. The creature explodes into shards of bone. Flavor explode. And <laughs> it is dead. Would you like to go ahead and describe your kill? Lupin, yeah, he is, loads this pistol, holds it, you know, points down camera. And uh, <laughs> it doesn't say anything, just just smiles. And uh, yeah, fires twice, watches as this creature explodes into dust. And just very calmly lowers the weapon, puts it back inside his coat and Dusts himself down. <laughs> and as you stand in this game's shop, the creature's dead, one lying in shards of bone, another body rusty in the corner. Wilhelm has managed to shake off his conditions. The dead body is on the floor. The f- smell of fresh blood Woo! is in the room. Yeah! And the curtain comes down. It's a one, baby! It's in the can! You've been listening to Describe Your Kill, The Death of Destiny. Find out more at describeyourkill.com. Thank you to Paizo, Michael Gelfi, Creator Chord, Sirenscape, Kevin McLeod, Foundry and Sigil Services. Get all the links on our website. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. 
This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com.